0: I've got a great setup line, but a catastrophic, tragic, and very, very sad punchline.
1: I've got a punctured dick.
0: <laughs> date fight. Hi, well, hello. Uh, welcome to date fight which oh, promises Hello. to be, uh, <laughs> I suspect, less alluring than... Just as mature as yeah, <laughs> than it perhaps sounded. Um, uh, it's the podcast where we mm. take great things that happen on this day in history and we smash them against each other.
1: Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley, and together we have pollarded the elms of history to try oh. and neatly arrange the avenue of time for your entertainment. That was really good. Mm, thanks. I'm going to take you to the 24th of March 11. Ninety-nine, And we're going to look at Richard I, Richard the Lionheart, King of England, Duke of Normandy, Aquitaine and Gascony, Lord of Cyprus, Count of Anjou, Poitiers, Maine and Nantes. He was King of England, but he almost never came to England. He probably didn't really speak English very well. Um, he was known uh, in Occitan as Richard ock en which means oh. Richard Yes and No, because he was so grumpy. Apparently he would only go, yeah, no, no. Oh, really? Yeah. I <laughs> was just, that. He was so sullen and monosyllabic, they called him Richard, yes or no? Richard uh, Grunter. Yeah. Um, he had... Been part of the rebellion against his father, Henry II, encouraged by his mother, Eleanor of Aquitaine. Um, but when he became king, he spent most of his time on crusade. Oh, but while he was on crusade, he had an argument with Leopold of Austria, and after which he was taken hostage on his way back. You might remember we said that jo- his brother, King John, didn't want to pay the ransom he didn't want him coming out. When he was crowned, In September 1189, he was crowned in Westminster Abbey, so he did briefly come to England for that. Yeah. And uh, a group of Jewish leaders came to present him with gifts. Uh, Do you want to guess what the court's response to the Jewish leaders presenting him with gifts was? No. No, I wouldn't have you. They flogged and stripped them and kicked them out into the city of London, at which point the people of London thought, oh, the new king must hate Jews, and started a widespread pogrom against the Jews, because that's... Wow. Because it was the Middle Ages and that was a Friday... So that was what had to be done. Um, When he was on Crusade, he was wounded in the Siege of Acre, but they carried him around on a stretcher where he would fire a crossbow and pick off guards when he was going around Acre. They successfully brought down the walls of Acre. Wow! Uh, He took... 2,700 prisoners of war while he was there, but then when he went to leave, he didn't know what to do with them, so he yeah, executed yeah. all of them. Yeah. He just killed them all. Uh, he was a poet and a musician. We discussed that song he wrote when he was held a hostage for a year. He spent it writing songs. Is that the one that um, went, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've got two surviving poems. Um, he may have been a lover of Philip II of France. We don't know. That's uh, They certainly shared a bed for a while. Mm. Um, and He spent the rest of his reign basically trying to shore up his lands in France. And in 1199, he was devastating the land of the Viscount of Limoges, and he besieged the rather pathetic Chalut-Chabol castle, uh, which was really not worth besieging. But uh, he was hit in the shoulder by a crossbow, and on this day, on the 24th of March, 1199, he was hit in the shoulder by a crossbow. The wound went gangrenous. He had the person who shot him brought him, who turned out to be a little boy, who said, you killed my father and two brothers, so I'm going to kill you. Uh, And Richard the Lionheart forgave him and sent him away with 100 shillings although we suspect that he didn't get to take them very far before a member of Richard's court smashed him on the head and took them back. Wow. He died at Fontenay in his mother's arms. Uh, his heart was put in Rouen. His entrails are in Chalut. Um, and in 2012, his heart was analysed and found it was embalmed in frankincense. And so Richard I, being shot in the shoulder with a crossbow, ending his reign and leading us to King John and the Magna Carta and all the great things that sprang from that, is my choice for the 24th of March eleven ninety nine and every other year. It's a good choice. Thanks. It's very strong. Have you done the same one? Nope. Good?
0: Nope. Um I wish I had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got the twenty-fourth of March nineteen ninety nine. And like I said, it's it's a it sounds like a great setup line for mm-hmm. a very funny joke. And then you get into the details of it and oh, it no. is absolutely horrifying. Oh. uh. uh Okay, here we go. A lorry carrying margarine and flour catches <laughs> fire inside the Mont Blanc tunnel. What's the punchline? The resulting <laughs> inferno kills 38 people. Oh. It is absolutely uh, There were so devastating. many other ways that
1: could have gone. I mean, Mont Blanc has a load of stuff I'm, you could uh, do with it. There's th- yeah, flour and butter. There's, yeah, but there's a whole city street. Oh
0: 38 people died. <laughs> uh, it was awful. Uh, So if you don't know about the Mont Blanc tunnel, it links Chamonix in France with Courmayeur in Mm. Italy. And uh, they agreed to build it in 1949. So 50 years on, this happened. Uh, It's seven miles long. At the time, it was the longest tunnel in the world.
1: Are there longer ones Uh, now? Yes.
0: Well, Hmm. yeah, the, the channel tunnel. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyway, the point being that it was a catastrophe because uh, you had, like, French authorities and Italian authorities and they did not sync up and they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, And it's now managed by one company um, that oversees the whole thing. But it it was pretty terrible. Was there a line uh, down
1: the middle of the tunnel where it went from the French side to the Italian side before?
0: Probably there probably was. Yeah. Uh, they had these kind of fire safety chambers that you could go in. So every, I think, every 600 metres, there was like a safe hole that you could go in and it had these fireproof doors. Um, And people went and hid in that and the the doors were tested and they were fire resistant for two hours. The fire burned for 53 hours. The margarine acted as a fuel and then... It just melted everything. It went to a 1000 degrees Celsius and people were, ju- were reduced to ash. It was absolutely devastating.
1: The more words you say the worse this so, gets.
0: I know. It is <laughs> the most awful story. And now ever. I hate margarine. <laughs> I can't hate I, as a vegan I have to love I know, margarine. You, you have margarine. I can't quit you. <laughs> <laughs> The terrible things you've done, and I keep coming back.
1: You burn thirty-eight people. Yeah. Oh, but so you, you taste slightly like yeah another substance, which I don't like to eat so much. Just yeah, just to reassure you, there are
0: all kinds of new safety protocols in place now, and it's a very, very safe tunnel. Uh, so okay. So don't 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 worry too much if someone says, "Hey." Why don't we take the shortcut through the block
1: tunnel? You can say. I'm more worried about my sandwiches bursting into flame now you've told this yes, story. Yes,
0: spontaneous sandwich I combustion. Yeah, yeah.
1: Margarine as quite the, the hazard. Rocket fuel, apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah. is. yeah. I think SpaceX is is using it, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it Tesla with the
1: Mars stuff? I think. Yeah, yeah. Someone. Which reminds me, you're always very sniffy about air travel, but you're very keen on space travel, which is far more polluting. Because it's like one rocket! How does that work, Jim? We're not saying, oh, (laughs) let's keep a million people up in the air all the time.
0: It's one rocket! It's negligible! Is it negligible? Have you done the maths? Yes, it's negligible! Mm. There are, at any point, not right now, but prior to about three weeks ago, at any given moment... There were a million people in the air. It's two cities, (laughs) Glasgow and Bristol, in the air all the time. if it were those
1: two cities, I would have a lot more time for air flight if it (laughs) it was always the people of Glasgow and the people of Bristol being levitated around the world.
0: Well, I look forward to you looking at the analytics for this podcast
1: tomorrow, Naz. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I would never look at those again.
0: Um, I'm getting... Unsubscriptions from the, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but pre-subscriptions from the airline industry who are all currently sitting at home right now. Um, yeah. That's happy true. birthday to Matilda Gage, suffragist, Native American rights activist, ak- abolitionist, three thinker, and author, and the person who lent her name to the Matilda Effect, in which men are given credit for the achievements of women. Oh, I think, really, her husband Henry Hillgage is to blame for that. Uh, (laughs) uh, She was the youngest speaker at the 1852 National Women's Rights Convention. She fought the conservative wing of the women's movement who wanted to get the vote in order that they could uh, enforce a Christian political um, agenda. Uh, She fought for reproductive rights and, yes, she gave her name to the Matilda effect, which was named after the Matthew effect, which is that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But the Matilda effect is that men will generally be given credit for the achievements of women. Well, that... Not on this podcast. Well done, Matilda. I mean,
0: to be fair, you know, Kim, my partner, does all the research and and scripts everything I say. Yeah. But, you know... (laughs) Just (laughs) have to, uh, yeah, suck it up. Um... I felt like after the yeah. uh, story, I, I, my terrible Mont Blanc story, uh, I should come with a bit of a palate cleanser mm. and a sweetener. Uh, so even though this is a death, this is definitely a life worth celebrating. Uh, and perhaps uh, segs on from your birthday quite nicely. So uh, in 1915, mm. Margaret Lindsay Huggins uh, died. And she was uh, born in Ireland, lived in England, uh, and she was an astronomer. And she, she was a bit of an autodidact. She wanted to sort of further herself. And she got this uh, publication called Good Words. And it was basically a religious pamphlet. But occasionally they would publish articles on science. <laughs> I know. And she found this piece that was about uh, the spectroscope. And uh, this guy, William Huggins, had done all this work. And uh, she was like, I dig spectroscopes. And I think I dig this guy William Huggins. Anyway, I'm going to build my own <laughs> spectroscope, and she did, and she she became very highly regarded for her work in spectroscopy. And she ended up meeting this William Huggins, and she 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 knew man. She decided, and they instantly just started collaborating, and they married, and they had uh, a partnership described as one of the most successful husband and wife partnerships in the whole of astronomy. Uh, they got married in 1875, mm. and they spent their whole life just together in their house. They didn't have children, and it was described as it's just it was a workspace as much as anything else. And the two of them just did research together, just loving what they were doing and loving each other. And did really groundbreaking stuff in terms of taking sort of analytical imagery of distant stars for 35 years. And they both had completely equal standing uh, in terms of any publication they made. It was a really lovely, Hmm. equal, loving partnership.
1: Well, that sounds brilliant. And I hope their joint biography is called Huggins and Kissins. Uh, Well, (laughs) no, it's
0: exactly that. (laughs) It's a little bit Lord of the Rings, isn't it? (laughs) It's a a bit on the nose. But but yeah, Hugginses and Kissinses. (laughs) And who knows what else is this?
1: Will we offer all of you virtual Hugginses and Kissinses because we can't touch you in real life.
0: Yes, I mean, we can promise anything right now because we yeah. don't have to deliver on it. Um,
1: <laughs> I've lived that If you subscribe way to, to us on to Patreon, yeah. we'll
0: come round to each and every one of your houses <laughs> for Hugginses and Kissinses. <laughs> Uh but that 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 offer expires, uh, I'm afraid at the end of March yes um,
1: so uh, you know yes get involved uh, with the, your patreon dollars keep uh, art like this alive and thriving. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so Brilliant. much for subsidising this nonsense And we will see No thanks to- very much
0: to yes. all of our patrons. Yeah we do hugely appreciate it uh, we'll, we, we, we'll keep uh, preparing some of the uh, fun bonus stuff mm. uh, That Patreons can get their hands on uh, If you enjoy the podcast Why don't you head over to patreon.com Slash date fight mm. Is that right? That's
1: right. Yes or if that um, seems like too much commitment Just join us on Twitter at, at date underscore fight Or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash date fight Yeah,
0: yeah. But we do love the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's our favourite thing. Yes, <laughs> really brilliant. <laughs> All right, so take care of yourselves. Hope you're well. Yes, Lots we of love, love
1: each other. Bye.
0: Yeah, hugging these, kissing